0: From Storage
1: News, my name's Brian Locke, and this is my podcast where I interview storage industry professionals and thought leaders. Today we're joined by John Dario. John currently holds a position of Chief Operating Officer at Edison Properties, one of the leading real estate companies in the New York City market. In that role, John oversees Manhattan Mini Storage, a market-leading self-storage business that he directly managed as president for several years before becoming Edison COO. Prior to joining the real estate and self-storage industry, John held leadership positions with several of the world's premier retailers and financial service companies, including Macy's, Gap, Bank of America, and TravelX. Since joining the self-storage world, John has served the industry in a number of ways. For the past two years, he has been the chairman of the New York Self-Storage Association. In that capacity, he was the industry's voice in opposition to New York City's self-storage ban in its industrial business zones. John also currently serves as a board member for SSA, the industry's national association. John also served for two years as a board member of SSA's large owners council, and he is currently an instructor of SSA's semi-annual valuation, and acquisition course. In addition to the formal responsibilities he's held in the self-storage and retail industries, John is a published author and online trainer. He specializes in the development and delivery of content that focuses on management and leadership skill development. He has published four books and has numerous video training courses available on udemy.com, and YouTube. I was truly excited to talk to John. He has a wealth of information across multiple industries, but beyond that, I wanted to get his take on culture, management, and skill development in the self-storage industry and how the independent operator can develop and acquire fantastic people our conversation didn't disappoint and i can't wait for you to take a listen but before we get started here's a word from our sponsor store local co-op it gets tougher and tougher every day for the independent storage operator
0: Operational challenges arise in our business and problems develop that need to be solved immediately. Wouldn't it be great to know you are part of a group that has likely addressed these issues already? The Store Local Cooperative is the self-storage industry's only group of exclusively independent, small, mid-sized, and large owner-operators. As a co-op, the members have seen and dealt with most of the problems you're going to deal with on a day-to-day basis. The members are happy to help one another out through the network of over 140 member companies across the United States and Canada. To find out more about joining the collective, visit www.selfstorage.coop. If you've got a problem, the co-op can fix it.
2: And now, our guest. So can you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you do?
3: Sure. Um, My name is John Dario. My role is uh, Chief Operating Officer of Edison Properties. Edison Properties is a Newark, New Jersey-based real estate company, family-owned, and operated for many, many years. I started with the organization as the president of Manhattan Mini Storage, um, which is the iconic self-storage brand in Manhattan and uh, moved into the COO role fairly recently, Um, but uh, the uh, the larger company also, in addition to the Manhattan mini-storage business, also has a parking business. Uh, We have commercial lease spaces, including a a very large commercial building in Midtown Manhattan. We have a residential building, and uh, we recently opened a a state-of-the-art uh, commercial building in Newark, New Jersey as well. So uh, we're very, very focused on the on the New York and uh, Newark, New Jersey markets. But uh, what we do in those markets is uh, is hopefully uh, pretty leading edge.
2: Now you didn't
3: start out in the real estate
2: business. Can you talk a bit about how you got into the storage business?
3: Yeah, I was uh it was a bit accidental actually. Uh, most of my background is in retailing. Um I was a retailer uh both for traditional retailers like Macy's and Gap and so on, uh, but also for some financial services retailers, uh including Bank of America and, and Tribalex, the foreign currency specialist for almost all of my career, which is uh over thirty years. I was uh, you know, interested in perhaps uh, making a change from the from the role I was in about five years ago. And took a contact from a recruiter that was um, billed as a as president of a retail operation. So I thought I was I was uh, responding to a to a head of retail job. And as I got involved in the conversation, realized it was self storage. And and uh, my initial my initial thought was I don't know anything about self storage. I'm not interested. It's not uh, not for me. And um, he pleaded with me to, um, to 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 learn a bit more. And I did. Um, I visited some of, the, some of the Manhattan Mini Storage locations and, and uh, learned a bit more about the storage industry, and I, I got hooked. Um, I realized that Manhattan Mini Storage was, an, was a great organization. The, the people were fantastic. Um, I did some mystery shops and, and really fell in love with the brand and fortunately uh, was successful through the interview process and, and began with them in, in uh, August of 2015, so uh, just, just coming up on five years in the industry now.
2: You've you've written a number of books, so I'm sure that you have a you know, a philosophy that you follow to run a business. A couple of things. What is your philosophy? And how does that philosophy vary from business to business?
3: Yeah, I've I found that it does. Um I have found that that um the things that, that made me successful in the retailing world or in the financial services world um, have uh, have applied very nicely to self storage, um, and also to the other businesses that we have it as pro- properties, including parking and so on. Um, look, I, I think you have to you have to learn something about the the you know the 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 specifics of the business you're operating. So self storage certainly has some unique characteristics that you that any anybody wants to be successful has has to learn, but from my standpoint, the, the philosophy for for success in, in self storage or, or any other retail type business is, you know, you can phrase it a few different ways. I'll use the I'll use the words plan, execute and build trust. You need to plan ahead to make good, you know, conscious decisions. You don't want to be reacting to everything that happens. You know, whatever you decide to do, you need to execute it one hundred percent. I think it's um I think it's critical that Uh, You know, you you may not make every decision you make may not be may not be a good decision, but don't abandon decisions until you know that you you've you've really uh, done your best to execute them 100 percent, because inevitably, I think people give up and and leaders and businesses give up on things thinking that they've made a bad decision or or it's not possible when, in fact, uh, they're really just suffering from uh, from a failure to execute. And uh, finally, build trust. Look, trust comes from from doing what you say you're going to do, from, from being honest with people and being forthright, not holding back on information, um, uh, not not twisting the twisting reality or, or twisting the truth. Uh, it, when when you have a really solid base of trust with uh, either with employees or with customers, it can make up some, for some bad decisions, and and it, and it possibly can make up for some bad execution as well. Um, trust uh, trust earns you another another bite at the apple, if you will
2: new yorkers have always been you know ha- have had strong convictions and it seems like right. the advertising for manhattan mini storage sort of plays into sort of the the core of what it is to be a new yorker you know you're trying to create a bond in there does that play into the trust could you talk a little bit about the advertising for manhattan mini storage
3: yes i think that's exactly what we're trying to do we're 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 trying to to give New Yorkers a good sense that we are New Yorkers. Um, in other words, we we get what being a New Yorker is all about. Uh, Mini storage is a part of living life in in Manhattan, and you know we we're there to facilitate life in Manhattan. and And um, I, I think it's it's important for us to establish some level of trust with with the with the customer base and with the community, and and the the trust is. Is um, is kind of around the idea that we're New Yorkers too. We get it. We we have the same personality and and um, we we have the same likes and dislikes. And, you know, not not everything resonates with everybody, but for the most part, we're, we're all New Yorkers and we get it. We we get what it's like to be in the city. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll take care of you. And and um, you know, the most important thing is that that you know that that translates. You know, to go back to my my execution piece of, of a minute ago. Um, that That has to translate into the experience in the facilities as well it 's one thing to slap up some clever lines on billboards it 's another thing to to have people in the buildings that you know have the same type of character and same type of uh, wink and nod to to what it's you know what it 's like to live in New York but to really know what it 's like to take care of people and to serve people as well and and uh, I think we're we 're as proud of the the people and the and the execution in the facilities as we are of the of the iconic you know lines that show up on the billboards.
2: Absolutely. What do you think are the most important determining factors uh, in attracting new customers?
3: Look, people people are putting people are putting stuff that means something to them in in storage. So people want to know that their belongings will be kept safe and and will be kept clean and and when they when they, you know, need to get their stuff, it it'll be there for them and it'll be in good shape. Additionally, they, they want a process it will be easy. Um, shopping storage is, is not exactly a fun activity. People don't look forward to, you know, to the weekend when they, when they get to, uh, to go out shopping for storage. It's not like buying a new car or buying a new outfit or, or anything like that. Um, so, you know, our, our process can't be a waste of their time. It's got to be straightforward and easy, and, and, uh, and it's got to result in a, in a product that is going to protect, uh, protect their stuff.
2: Now we talked a little bit about culture in regards to New York and the advertising. What kind of culture do you try and create in your business?
3: It, it comes down to compassion and caring. Um, we we want we want people on the front lines, the people who are interacting with customers. We want them to have a sympathetic, compassionate character uh, themselves. We want them to uh, to. Uh, to, to really truly care about keeping people's stuff safe and, and about solving their problems, and you know, whatever reason a person, you know, for, for whatever person, whatever reason a person needs storage, um, it, it can be you know a, a bit of a traumatic experience for them. Uh, sometimes it's you know uh, a lease that that they lost, or it's uh, it's it's uh, it's a moving situation, or it's uh, moving to the big city situation, or 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 something like you know uh, those those types of uh, life-changing events. And, and, um, so people aren't always, uh, aren't always thinking clearly and they're, and they're, they're harried. And, and, um, and when, when the frontline people who are trying to help them understand what the, what emotions they are feeling and what they're going through and, and can demonstrate some caring and compassion, that really matters a lot. And it has to carry over to compassion and caring for the staff as well. I mean, the, uh, the culture within the company, uh, at least the the culture we strive for is to show compassion and caring for for our our team members as well, the colleagues who who we work with every day. If if they feel like they're cared for, then then hopefully that enables them to to uh, to bring out the compassion and caring in themselves to to express it with the customers.
2: It's clear that you feel that the people and correct me if I'm wrong, but people, great people, are what really make up the business and what really helped the business move forward. Yep. For a small ma and pop operator, what are some of the things that they can do to recruit and train their employees to be fantastic employees?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, it, it certainly starts with the hiring process without a doubt. There's certain certain parts of our personalities as humans that, are ingrained and and um, and they're they're part of our DNA, and so I think identifying people who who are already programmed for you know compassion and caring uh, of you know of of other humans is a good start. Certainly, Absolutely. giving them the giving giving frontline people and, and you know the employees the the freedom to express themselves and the and um, the the ability to uh, to, to interact with customers on a, on a, uh, you know, a, a basis of, of, building trust and, you know, that, that helps. So, you know, the, the operators who, who are, um, we're seeing things only from a dollars and cents standpoint or, or only from a, from an operational procedure standpoint are missing an opportunity to, to let the, the compassionate people they've hired demonstrate, um, compassion and, and human, human interaction. And, I, and I, I truly believe that if you, if you hire good people and treat them well, then they're going to do the right things for your business and for your customers, which would not be mutually exclusive by any stretch.
2: This question gets asked a lot. How do you think storage is going to change in the next five to 10 years?
3: Look, I, I, I don't really think the foundation of the business is going to change that much. Um, I think location is go- going to still be important. People want their storage um, close to where they live or close to where they work. Uh, you know that's that's really critically important. I don't think that's going to change. I think that people want to have access to their to their property. I mean, there's there's uh, there's certainly been this move in the in the industry towards valet storage or on demand storage, and and you know there's always going to be a segment of the population that that want that. And uh, you know, at Manhattan Mini Storage, we actually have a, a version of that in our in our business model. So you know, we we recognize that. But I, I think in general, the the appeal of self storage is is location and self access, and I think those those things are are pretty well ingrained in the business. And I, I don't know that they're they're going anywhere anytime soon. Technology will will undoubtedly play an ever increasing role, um, especially to the degree that it it can make things easier for customers. So helping, uh, uh, helping customers access their, their, uh, their storage through their use of their mobile phone or whatever, you know, that, uh, that technology obviously exists now. Um, and, you know, more and more operators are adopting that, that type of technology. And I, I think that's, uh, that will continue to, to evolve. Um, I think there, there probably will be some heavier use of self-storage for business purposes. Um, you know, as we, as we move forward, I mean, the, the, uh, the gig economy has has turned more people into entrepreneur types and you know I, I think there's there's some movement towards um, uh, people uh, kind of going into some sort of business on their own and, and um, you know with with increasing complexity and cost of of larger warehouse um, uh, operations and so on I think the stealth storage will will uh, uh, will be seen as a more viable use for for um storage of of uh storage and, and for supporting business needs and so on so i think that that will uh that will probably grow over time i think it's i think it's going to get harder to to earn the the fat year over year revenue increases that that the industry was known for i mean we've already we've already started seeing that for sure if you just look at the publicly traded companies and the and the earnings reports that they 've put out over the last couple of years it's it's gotten much more difficult for everybody to uh, to get the five, six, eight, ten percent uh, revenue increases each year, and, and that's going to force all of us as operators to be to to have to become more efficient and, and more effective at executing um, if we if we want to continue to to grow our business year after year. Um, I, I, so I think that's I think that's where we're all headed. What would I what would I like um, to happen? Look at I mean. Um, I'd like for everybody I'd like for everybody to focus on technology I guess for a couple of reasons first of all because I, I think the more creative technology solutions that that people can come up with the the um, the, the better the better we all get at making things easier for customers but um, I'd also uh, selfishly for my own business love it if people moved far away from the fundamental understanding that people are the are the most important part of the business because I think uh, that just plays into our our strength in an even bigger way. I think it's, you know, it's, it's always going to be a people business to some extent, and and trying to trying to work people out of the out of the equation uh, might have some appeal uh, on some level, but I think it would be a, a big miss if uh, if operators uh, thought that that eliminating people would would uh, somehow uh, be the right solution for the future.
2: PG&E talks about the moment of truth when a customer decides to buy an item
3: or not buy an item. Yep.
2: Is there a moment of truth in storage? What does that look like?
3: Yeah, I don't think it's that complex. Um, uh, <laughs> as I said, you know, before, I don't. I think so, that I, people don't like shopping for storage, so um, I I I think that the moment of truth in in our industry is when the customer realizes that the space and the and the process are as good as they were promised. So, you know, uh, uh, it's clear that you know, a large part of research and storage is done online. It's also um, pretty clear from studies that that most customers are deciding on their storage unit after looking at only one or two options. Uh, you know, they're not shopping 20 different storage facilities. Um, and because it's not a fun experience, if customers get to the end of that process and they feel like they're getting what they were promised online um, or over the phone... And they feel like they weren't sold, uh, you know, sold something that, that, uh, that feels, feels, uh, bad to them. I think they'll complete the transaction. I, so I don't think it's, it's super difficult. I think if you, if you, if you give them what, what you said, you'll give them the, the, you're probably going to get the sale.
2: So we touched on this a little bit before. What can the independent operator do to stay competitive with the larger operators from an operational perspective?
3: Um. Yeah, I think there's there's another piece that's important. I think independent operators have to have a good website. I think that's absolutely critical today. Um and I don't just mean a, a, a functional website. I mean I mean a compelling website. When talking about the moment of truth in our industry, I said that the 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 end product and the and the process has to be has to be what the customer was promised online. Well, the the promise up front also has to be compelling enough to uh to make the customer want to to make the reservation and and get into the process, uh, you know. And I and I think the the website has to has to give the customer a compelling reason to to not go looking at another website. In addition, the website has to be equipped with regularly updated content so that the independent operator can show up strong in organic search results. Now, look, the fact is that an independent operator is not going to outspend the big guys on Google. So uh, I think it's really important for for, uh, independent operators to make sure that they're, they're showing up as the local choice in, in organic search results. Um, and that's the, you know, that's a really, a really important way for them to compete and, you know, then, uh, leverage, leverage the biggest strengths you've got. That's your local presence and knowledge. I mean, as an independent operator, uh, you're going to know more about the local community than, than somebody sitting in Los Angeles or Salt Lake City or, or, uh, or Buffalo, New York. And, and, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the you know knowing knowing what um, knowing you know who all the business operators are in the community, knowing the local politicians and and knowing um, you know be, being involved in local charities and and so on all of that is is an important way to generate business that uh, that the big guys that just can't can't get their hands around
2: you mentioned before that you'd like to see more of a focus on technology in the future. What role do you think technology is going to play in the future of storage.
3: I think technology is not just about storage. I think technology in in every part of our life is is mm-hmm. going to continue to evolve in in terms of of um, of making life easier and quicker and faster. And you know, storage is storage is no different. As I said, you know, the, mo- the mobile phone is is um, is going to continue to uh, to be an important center of of what we do in our life and. You know obviously you know it's right now you know it's easy to, to to have the mobile phone connected to opening the gate or or opening the storage unit um certainly managing your account and everything else i I think that there's probably um you know some opportunity to improve communication between operators and and customers you know text messaging and so on is is uh is one thing but i I think probably we're probably going to want to see some some form of of um of video messaging as uh, as an important way to stay connected uh, with customers going forward um, if you take you know what teen- teenagers are growing up with today it's very much a visual communication visual communication that drives them it's not text messaging or emails it's um, it's snapchat and Instagram and and uh, even those are, are probably way outdated um, uh, I think, but but nonetheless, it's it's video stuff, right? And and uh, and I think that's that's got to be a, a focus of technology going forward. I guess the best piece of advice I can give is to leverage the the organizations that know. In other words, staying in touch with the state and, and national industry associations. Um, yeah. Staying in touch with with uh, you know groups like Store Local, where you know Store Local is a fantastic organization that is that is uh constantly looking at technology and um and the future of technology and and so on. And I, I think connecting with, with those types of groups um is a way uh independent operators can stay on top of the trends and and uh and not get left behind.
2: So you guys are obviously centered in Manhattan, which was the epicenter of the pandemic. What effects have you seen from the coronavirus on your business? And what are you guys doing to keep your employees and customers
3: safe? Yep. Um yeah, I mean certainly initially initially we saw a slowdown in new rentals, um, but at the same time there there was an equal slowdown in, in uh vacates. Um people were staying at home and, and weren't really doing anything. So, you know, uh, our our absorption was, was was pretty much neutral, which you know, that's that's fine because then we were not replacing um, higher paying existing customers with lower paying new customers so um, you know in reality that was you know that, that wasn't such a bad thing um, we have held off on on existing customer rate increases um, so you know that's a that's an important source of, of uh, revenue growth that that we're missing um, and you know we still still have not implemented new, uh, uh, new rounds of, of uh, rate increases so um, we're the business is suffering a bit from that standpoint, but we, you know, we certainly believe it's the right thing to do to hold off on, on uh, rate increases. Um, recently, demand for new rentals has, has been strong. Um, perhaps that's a result of, of some pent-up demand. Um, perhaps it's a result of, of um, people just dropping stuff and leaving New York City in the middle of uh, everything that's been going on here. I'm, I'm not really sure, but, but um, the, the bottom line is we've definitely seen a, seen a strong increase in, in new rentals over the last several weeks. Just like everybody else, we're seeing some some uh, some increase in accounts receivable balances. You know, I think it remains to be seen how much of the a growth in AR balance uh, will end up getting getting uh, resolved and collected over uh, over time, or how much of it will will end up writing off. I mean, we've got our own our own estimates, um, but uh, we think that you know the the majority of people are going to want to. To retain their storage unit over time, so uh, we'll, we'll probably find ways to work things out with most customers. I will say that you know because we've got a we got a, a you know a, a larger business that involves you know parking and and uh, residential uh, residential tenants and commercial tenants and so on. Um, the uh, the mini storage business has has held up uh, better than any of those other businesses in terms of. Um, uh, in terms of customer retention and and collection of, of outstanding AR, so uh, as much as as you know as much as it's put a, a bit of a dent in, um, you know it's certainly preferable to to, uh, to some of the other businesses out there. Um, in terms of the second part of your question, what are we doing to um, to keep people safe, both employees and, and customers? Um, you know we're not doing anything super creative. There's there's lots of advice out there from from every organization in the world. Uh, about what we can be doing i mean we we closed our closed our lobbies, so um you know customers need to need to ring in order to in order to enter um so that's that you know that's that's helped improve uh social distancing and 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 putting some uh some control in in the hands of our of our staff in terms of you know the the number of people that are in the lobby at any one time. We've uh, put limits on our elevator use and and, and all that. We've shortened the uh, shortened tremendously the process for renting rooms and for and for doing walkthroughs of the of the facilities. Uh, we've got extra cleaning involved. Uh, you know, we've removed contact points wherever we could. You know, wherever we can through the through the um, uh, through the process of, of renting rooms and and uh, showing the property and so on. And um, you know, we've done. We've done good things for our staff, like paid for extra Uber transportation for them so that they don't have to take mass transit. We've we've been bringing in lunches and and meals for uh, for staff on a regular basis so that they don't have to go out into the into the world to uh, to get food during their shifts and so on. So, um, and we've we've done some we have done a few creative things like we've we've changed uh, you know given given some flexible work hours so people who would like to. To work their same number of hours, but do so in four days instead of five days. So it's you know one day less commuting and and one day less out in out in public, and you know another day at home with their families and so on. Uh, we've uh, we've we've done some of that creative scheduling uh, stuff as well.
2: Now, how do you think the coronavirus is going to affect the industry at large?
3: I think we've already we were already seeing. Kind of an acceleration uh, of operators who are moving toward contactless rentals uh, you know I, I think the the coronavirus has certainly sped that up and um and you know those operators that aren't already doing full online rentals will 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 probably put themselves in fifth gear to get there um pretty soon i um, I think that you know I think that the the idea of of uh, social distancing will probably be with us for for uh, for some time, uh, not just in the storage business, but but in you know in every every part of life. And um, you know I think you know I, I I think that while the the accounts receivable collection situation has has certainly been a challenge, um, I, I think the 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 need to have regular contact with with customers, uh, you know, will hopefully be a positive outcome from all of it. Um, you know, if uh, I think most most operators um, don't have the luxury of just um, of just saying, okay, if you didn't pay me for for the last two months, um, you know, I, I'm 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 going to auction you, and and uh, you know, you can't just do that because there's so many there's so many people in that in that position. You're going to have a bunch of empty rooms, and and there's just no there's no long-term benefit in doing that, so I think you know having some some uh, uh, some more long-term view about the value of a customer may uh, may hopefully be a, a positive out of uh, out of this whole pandemic situation.
2: We're at the beginning of an economic downturn. Are there any lessons you've learned from previous downturns that you'd be comfortable sharing?
3: Yeah, so I I wasn't in the storage industry um in 2008-2009. Um so I I can't relate mm-hmm. it necessarily directly to the storage industry, but um you know, just in at a at a general level, um look, we've got to be smart about about watching for leading indicators. Um the the you don't want to get caught behind in, in particularly in, in the storage business you don't want to get you don't you don't want to start losing occupancy and get caught um, get caught in a in a low occupancy situation uh, early in in a downturn cycle um, because it'll be really tough to to, uh, to 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 get those those empty rooms rented um, until until the economy starts to turn around again. So, you know, I think it's important to watch for early early indicators of of uh, price you know price trends on new rentals, and uh, watch for early early indicators of increasing vacate rates. And to the extent that you don't get behind in the occupancy game, I I think, uh, you know, it's a business that that, uh, operators can survive pretty well.
2: And you mentioned before resources, and you you touched on a few resources. What resources would you recommend operators access?
3: Look, I I encourage operators to talk with each other. You know, being still relatively new to to the self-storage industry, I, I remain amazed at how open dialogue is among operators. And I think there's lots to be learned from each other. And, you know, particularly uh, as an independent operator, you know, there's, you know, you may not, may not be directly in competition with, uh, with some other independent operators that are within the same region. So, you know, I, I think those, uh, uh, those conversations, and even if it's, you know, a regular monthly call or a, or a lunch get together or something, uh, just just having regular dialogue with other operators is, is a great way to learn what's going on. I think that it, it makes sense for independent operators to to read the quarterly earnings reports from um, uh, the uh, the public companies. Uh, you can get a sense for what the public companies are focusing on. You know, much of it, you know, eighty five percent of it may not be relevant, but um, but there's uh, there's nuggets in there that uh, that everybody can learn from, and. Most importantly, talk to customers. Um, you know, if you're, if you're hoping to run a self-storage business and, and, uh, and just let people come in the gate and go access their unit and then leave and you, and you don't do anything to, to try and get to know them and, and talk to them, then you're going to be missing out on a, on a lot of really good information.
2: You've given a lot of great information so far. If you could distill that information to three keys, To success in the
3: storage industry what would that be um yeah i guess without repeating myself because i i'll i would probably go back to um Mm -hmm. to a couple of things i've already said but in the interest of maybe adding adding some additional value there's um and and also at the risk of maybe oversimplifying it there's it's a math equation right i mean you find the optimal Unit size mix that will maximize dollars per square foot for for your facility. Find the optimal balance between occupancy and pricing, and then do your best to to collect the revenue you, you earn from from that mix um, while managing the big expenses. Um, if you can track these things, track them closely. Um, you'll you'll have a good sense of what's going on with your business. You won't you won't necessarily just by looking at the numbers understand the whys. But um, but then if you if you go back to all the other things that I've talked about in terms of of using the resources that are in the industry, talking to your customers, and and really setting your employees up for uh, for success in terms of the, them being the the true eyes and ears of the business and and being the the front line contact, you know I, I think you've got a, a real formula for success.
2: Well, that sounds great. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time.
3: Uh, not at all, Brian. Thank you so much for including me. I uh, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk with you about all the all the good stuff.
0: Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to hear more interviews or subscribe, please visit www.storage.news. Have a great day.